right, we're, hey, we're ready. That was quick. I got your message and I saw it and I jumped in. All right, perfect. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Finally getting a hold of you. You're you're a hard person to, to reach. I got a lot of shit going on, like napping, dogs. <laughs> All right, so let me just go down a rundown real quick before we even get started. Started. Cool. I just want to I just want to throw some numbers that I'm sure you're aware of. I want to throw numbers out there, and I want to get right to it. All right, 198 raw, number five all time. Shit, these are probably news to me. I know, so that's why that's why I want to go through some of these. 198 raw, five all time. Raw with wraps, thirteenth all time. No, those are backwards. Sorry. Raw with wraps, five all time. Raw, thirteen all time. 198 Tight. multiply, number three all time. Eight. 220, 220 raw, number three all time. 220 raw with wraps, number four all time. And 220 multiply, number two all time. Ooh. So let's get right to it. Are you the best female power lifter active right now? God, no. Absolutely not. No? <laughs> no. Man, I mean, I'm going to and talk some shit. I'm pretty good, I'm not gonna lie, but I, I can't in, in confidence say I'm the best right now. Like we got oh killer God. right now. Holy crap. Oh I know. The game the game's crazier than ever right now. It's it's nuts. Especially in females. You know? Females are taking over the sport, as you know. And uh it's just it's it's been insane. So I wanna get into uh right away, I wanna get into what the goal is right now. Are you I think we talked and you said you're going to go women's pro-am. Is that your next meet? Yep, that's the next one. This is the longest off-season that I've had ever since I started competing. So I think the last meet that I did was the American Pro at the end of July and now women's pro-am's April 2023. Okay, and now is that going to be in gear, correct? Yep, it'll be multiply. All right, so the question is, are you going for world records? Yes. So I'm the plan is I'm gonna go one ninety eight and the one ninety all time world record squat is eight oh five and I squatted eight hundred at the last pro am. The last pro am. But you were two twenty, correct? Mm hmm I, I weighed in at like two oh five, two oh six. Oh, so that's an easy cut for you. I've never filled out that weight class. I just did I hate cutting, so I didn't want to. So I gotcha. said yeah, so I was. That's that was going to be one of my questions. If you're going to ever go back 198, or if 220 is your new, you know, class or whatever. I mean, if I if I'm going for a world record, or if I'm trying to win some money, I'll cut down. Those are got the it. only two reasons I would ever do it. But got other it. than that, now that we got these weight classes, I'm going to use them. Like 220, oh. like there's some killers in 220. Like once it starts filling out and we start seeing more women in that class same with 242 like all the way up it's gonna be awesome oh for sure and now you're you're a big you know you're one of the girls to thank for these weight classes correct team effort yeah um we basically like me leah tara and allison just kind of got it started and we were like right place right time with the climate and everything and then had a ton of women backing us in it mm -hmm. and started that petition gained a bunch of traction and now every single federation has at least up to 242 220 242 that's awesome that's yeah. awesome just prior to that it was 198 plus correct correct so anything above 198 was considered super heavyweight so 198 199 and up it was all one weight class 
which is insane because you could get a girl 200 versus a girl that's 300 pounds, you know. Yes. I still think even some men's classes, now that the size of some of these guys is 440 pounds and stuff, they need to go up in weight classes too. Yeah, there's there's big dudes out there. It's crazy. So um, so so the goal is 198, and you're going for the 198 world record squat. Mm -hmm. What is the uh, what's the bench and deadlift looking like for those classes? Uh, that's a good question. Bench, uh, I don't know. I think it might be in like the low five, so that that might be attainable. Mm -hmm. Um, depending on, I I gotta do some like trickery with some shirts and try some new things out from Anderson and then uh the deadlift record I usually so what I'm I did at the last pro-am and I'm gonna start doing is I pull raw yep just like my raw and geared squat are not that different and yeah. raw conventional is it's what I like and after doing those squats and a bench in uh equipment like putting on equipment for a third time that day is just so brutal <laughs> Yeah, that's got to be hell. Yeah. No, sucks. <laughs> I see. I see you doing that, and now I see that's that's been a move for a couple people I've seen. Um, I does Crystal do that too? Crystal Tate? Uh, I don't know actually. She oh, might she, have she to pulls, go look. I know she pulls conventional, but I'm not sure if she's if she goes raw or if it's in gear. I'll have to look again. Yeah. But, um, so she she's the one night. She has to be the deadlift record holder, right? For I one think night. it's got. It's either got to be her or. Becca. Gotcha. See, now I feel unprepared. I had all these numbers written down for 220, assuming you were going to. <laughs> but, um, all right. So, Brian, so sorry, I'm yeah. looking at the comments at the same time. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so let's, let's get back to, to the beginning here. People wanted to know, you know, how do you get into powerlifting to start? You know, ev not everyone knows your whole background. I know your father was a powerlifter, correct? Um, Pops was a powerlifter. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get into it when he was into it. I thought it was, like, silly, and I just didn't want to do it, which is dumb. I should have got into it a lot younger. But I, I found it later on in life. I was stationed out in New Mexico, and I was playing roller derby, and – a group of my teammates and I were like, let's get stronger for Derby. So we started doing squats, benches, and deads. Yep, yep. And then kind of fell in love with it there, moved to Ohio, found the Dirty Gym. And uh, like right after I had joined the Dirty Gym and like linked up with the coaches there, like Marcus and Matt, they uh, they put me in a meet really quick. And then I've been doing meets since 2016. Oh, okay. So you're still fairly new too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, it's only been about six years for you so I, I thought i thought you were more seasoned even than that so that's awesome that's I, awesome i got a crash course though being in ohio with like all the knowledge that's here and getting to like talk to like sweatshop girls and like marcus was a west side lifter and and then i went to virginia and linked up with the jimmy kolb and their crew so yeah and I've I've been really fortunate to have a lot of people who know a lot more than me, like take me under their wing and, and give me some good mentorship. So, well, I think that's important. I, I've talked to a few people about that, and that's something that I respect from you and a lot of like elite level lifters. They're not scared to travel and go get or put themselves around, you know, these people. You got to put yourself around a better crew, a better gang of people. And, and and always surround yourself, you know, like like the cliche statements they make. If you're the strongest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. So yep. like, 
you know, so that's always something I admire from you and a lot of the elite level lifters is, is not being scared to put yourself out there and go learn from multiple, you know, different facets of the sport, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's been key in just developing at this rate, really, like doing it alone. It can be done. Like, don't get me wrong. A lot of people do it. But man, you're going to go way faster. And you're just going to feed your brain way better if you got people in your corner, or if you're asking questions, and asking the right questions and like having those those people who know more than you guide you. Yeah, that's something I was talking about. Do you know Chanel? Um, no lay? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Chanel's badass. She's real well, cool. I I actually talked to her this morning because she, she had a post about, you know, people charging for handlers and stuff, but she I said, saw. you know, what, what it's, it's taking away from is the camaraderie in the sport, you know, and, and getting yourself around people and getting comfortable. Like you said, it can be done alone, but some of what has made this sport great and made a lot of us fall in love with it is the camaraderie of it, meeting yeah. all the people we've met and, 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 and growing as a lifter, growing as, um, a teammate growing as you know and just expanding you know as far as your reach can go um in, in all those like yeah. facets of sport not not just as a lifter but as a handler as a coach as a teammate all that stuff you know what i mean so so that's that's oh, yeah. where that's where we were in agreement where like a lot of this online coaching while it's great like i do online coaching uh laura phelps is my coach and i'm in connecticut so she obviously online coaches me um mm -hmm. so like there, there's obviously pros to it and it does work, but I think it's important that people, you know, don't shy away from getting around crews, traveling, meeting yeah. people and, and, and trying to get to the bigger platforms or to better gyms or, or to put themselves in, in a, you know, put themselves around the best and try to learn like how you go out and you work with Jimmy. You know what I mean? That's the only way you're going to get better. Yeah, absolutely. There's like a, a very fine balance that people have to find between like, I'm all for people making money in the sport, 100%. Like if you can figure out a way to make it in powerlifting, whether it's as a coach, promoter, meet director, whatever, like, that's amazing. And I'm all for it. But also yeah. not losing sight of that camaraderie and the crew aspect and staying humble at the same time and understanding like when when is appropriate to pay it forward and when is it appropriate to charge for things and i think that comes down to like you got to be really honest with yourself <laughs> oh. is this okay or like that's why i bounce so many ideas off people i bounce i'm on the phone with like the colbs like once a week <laughs> with yeah, yeah. Um, i bounce ideas like we'd go train at elite with dave and the rest of those guys and like at the end of it, we're constantly like just talking about random stuff or like Adam and like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And just like staying honest with your abilities and capabilities as a lifter and as an information provider is key. Well, that, that's also with like, you know, kind of with anything when you're starting a business, it's, it's trying to find that balance of what's going to help um, your, your, your name and your brand grow but then also not giving things away. You know what I mean? For instance, for, sure. for instance, if, if you or, or Chanel or someone from out of state messaged me and said, Hey, I want you to come handle me at the pro-am, you know, if that's going to build, get my name out there, like, Hey, Oh, Hey, who was this guy wrapping Amber's knees and this and that, that that's a win for me. You know what I mean? It, that I might have to 
come out of pocket a thousand dollars for flight and hotel and stuff if that's going to grow my brand as a whole you know what i mean something i was i was thinking about that i want to talk to laura about is you know how she has vendors at the pro-am maybe putting a podcast table right at the pro-am and interviewing you guys on amateur day when you guys come in and you do your weigh-ins you guys could sit down we could do like a little like mini podcast slash commentary of amateur day that's a really cool idea. i love that so so it's like little things like that that help grow the brand in the long run but sometimes you have to take i, I don't even want to call it a hit because right we're, we're giving back to the sport as well yeah. but sometimes you have to take those little hits and like you said decide when when your work or when your time needs to be worth money and when it's appropriate to just be for the love of the game for the love of the sport you know yeah for sure so um so your dad got you into it and you've been going since 2016 now yeah Who, uh, I'm, I'm sure he's been obviously one of your bigger inspirations correct yeah he loves it he's always i gotta call him back tonight actually he called me while i was training today but he's always like, what'd you do in the gym? What'd you hit? Like, when's the next contest? And anytime they're close, he comes out. He actually, him and his buddy surprised me. I forget what year it was, but it was a nationals meet out in Vegas at the Golden Nugget. And I didn't know, like, he was coming out there. And I, you know, walked down for weigh-ins and there's dad and his yeah. buddy. It was really cool. So he he tries to go to most things if he can because he he loves it too when he gets excited and fired up. So it's cool. really cool to have that like bonding with him. Like we're really close anyway, but to have that on top of it's fun. So I train a, a ton of like very like upstart and beginner level female clients right now. The, the sport is <laughs> growing, and like I said, females are taking over. Um, you know, you were the most requested female I've had for this podcast so far. I so, you know, the, the, you inspire a, a ton of, of women in the sport, but who are some women that inspired you in the sport to get going? God, this is such a long list. Um, Amy Weisberger mm -hmm. is at the very top of the list. Laura, Crystal, Leah, um, on the raw side, Chrissy Hawkins, um, uh, Karina Davis, Quadzilla, like that girl is freaking amazing. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of them. Jan Todd, um, Dave Tate, of course, like he's been like going there and training and like getting to pick his brain is just a dream, honestly. Like, I've watched his stuff since I started lifting and like have been an avid consumer of all of that information. And he just puts it out for free. I'm like, yes, give it to me. Like, if you're a lifter and you're not taking advantage of it, it's crazy. Between what he gives to the sport and what Louie gave to the sport, all for free. I mean, it's all out there. You'd be stupid not to take advantage of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Todd Brock's another one. Um yeah, it's just I think it goes on and on. <laughs> you're just my coach, Marcus, like my training partners, everyone in my crew. Like anytime I walk into that gym, like I could be in like a pissy shitty mood and like have had a bad day and be crabby and then I'm like get under a barbell with them and they're excited. I'm like, All right, yeah, we're gonna be And there you go. <laughs> yeah. So what about, you know, 
in, in the stirring the pot sense, is there people that you dislike in the sport? No, I don't have any with anyone. I'm like super lame in that aspect. No, like, I mean, that, that's a good thing. I mean, I guess we shouldn't, you know what I mean? But since it is a competitive sport, sometimes people are, you know, butting heads and going at it. So Yeah, I don't think I've ever butted heads with anyone, really. And then if I, no, I can't even think of an example. Like, I have, yeah. I have people that I want to beat. Like, oh, for sure. Because I'm sure. cool everyone doesn't mean I want to, I don't want to beat your ass at powerlifting. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. It's like, still a sport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what about, um... What about the WPO? Obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you get the invite every year, correct? Mm -hmm. Is there a specific reason why you didn't take it this year? <sighs> yeah, the WPO, one, timing didn't line up. Two, um, it's hard for me to get leave from work. to go, And that, that's a huge process. An equipped meet out of state or out of country is going to take way more of my leave than any normal one that I could just drive to. Yep. And then also, it just, it just doesn't seem exciting for me. I'm going to be honest. Like, you see, like, I, I go to the, the high-level raw meets, too. And I go to Pro-Am every year. And I see that level of, like, marketing and hype and excitement and just, like, showcasing of the lifters and that lead-up to it. And then the day of, it's amazing. They have badass live streams, like the energy in the room. I, I've done the WPO once and I did semifinals once and it was really cool. I'm so glad and fortunate I got to have that experience. Yeah. But like, I want it to be cool so bad, but it just missed the mark for me, honestly. Gotcha. Well, that, that's, that's the reason I asked because I, I saw a, a lot of people kind of, it, it used to be the gold standard, right? It used yeah. to be multiplies ghost clash or, or, you sure. know, whatever. but um, it, it's kind of lost its steam. And that, and that's not a diss or a slight to anyone who is going to go compete at it. God, no, it's hard to get on that stage and you should be fucking proud of that. But that's what I mean. And I think every multiply lifter should at least, if, if you get the invite, like you said, at least do it once, you know what I mean? To say you've done it. But, um, you know, I, I see it's lost a lot of its steam and a lot of its, um, you know, like pizzazz and, you know, I saw their new, uh, their little cringeworthy little commercial they put out, and I was, <laughs> Dude, we <laughs> so bad time. Like it's just bad. We watched it today at Elite, and we were all just like, "Is this?" I thought it was satire at first. I'm not going to. So, so did I. I thought I thought it was. They were trying to be funny, and then it was going to click to something else, and it did. Uh, it, it didn't end. <laughs> <laughs> it never really did. You know, did you ever fall asleep as a kid and like you leave the TV on and you wake up and it's like the Pure Moods infomercial and like Ernest Angley yeah. shit on? That's what's on. Yeah, yeah. The sham <laughs> I'm like, guys, at least show a picture of a power lifter. Just yeah, one. yeah, something. It, it, it's you know, I mean, fucking Dave Hoff's competing at it for Christ's sakes. Like, throw Dave's face in there. It's badass. <laughs> all you really need you know what i mean the guy's yeah. about to squat probably 1300 pounds throw dina on there rebecca roberts cosette like any of those guys anthony Oliveira, like all of that shit and so, i don't know maybe it, i don't know i don't know what the intent was either and i'm not involved in it so i i have a hard time talking shit about things that i'm not involved in because i know how yeah. much goes into it and it is hard 
Well, that's why I said I don't. I don't want to like. I don't want to trash it. And like, no. I have friends of mine competing. And, you know, Bane's competing. I'm always rooting for Bane. Bane's a good friend of mine. How um, much? Um, Aunt Hobeka is is one of my overkill it, teammates. Like, I, I I'm rooting for him. He's someone that I think could give Hoff a run as far as color fishing goes. Yeah. So, so it like I said, it's no slay at those guys. And I know, and I know how hard it is to run a meet, and I can't imagine to run a meet at that high of a level. You yeah. know what I mean? But at the well, same time, going on at the same time as WPC Worlds, so the WPOs at the end of WPC Worlds, like that's a huge freaking event. Yeah. Like there's twenty some countries coming to WPC Worlds. Like, oh. like I, I was looking at the roster with Adam today, and I was just like blown away. Yeah. Like, it's hard to find meets like that where you can actually say, yeah, this was a world's meet. There were lots of countries there, not just, you know. Yeah, not just like, a you know, a meet in Ohio where they call it worlds, but it's, yeah, it's everyone you local. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can actually say you're the world champion at that meet. Oh, which I yeah. So the Pro-Am would be next, and that's going to be, what, April, correct? April, so yeah. You've been off for quite some time. Oh yeah, I'm chilling. It's been awesome. yeah. Are you enjoying it? Oh yes, I'm doing whatever I want. Not whatever I want. It's within within reason. Yeah. I'm playing around with a lot of stuff. I'm trying new gear out. I'm helping my teammates. I've I've gotten to pivot into like helping them get. Uh, they're prepping for North of the Border. Laura's meet in November, so like Rapanese like looking at squats and, and making sure that they're on the right track for those things. And then um, doing some CrossFit and doing some like just lots of conditioning. I've been skating. I've just been doing shit that I don't get a chance to do or haven't got a chance to do really until or since I started lifting. This is the biggest break I've ever had. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and what, um, you know, I've explained with a few people I've podcasted with, there isn't really, even though this is a long gap for you, we don't really have like when you train at an elite level or a pro level, it's, it's not really an off season. Like you're not in prep per se, but you're not coasting. And you yeah. know, I'm not just sleeping all day and eating and not going to the gym. Well, exactly. You know what I mean? We're, you know, so people, people got to understand, you know, you're still training hard, working your ass off. You're just going about it differently. You know, mm -hmm. I'm doing the same thing. So I, I, I'm going to ghost clash in February, but right now my focus has been, I, I'm I'm training as if it's I'm already in prep, but my focus has been like GPP, GPP, like getting conditioning right. You know what I mean? Because because that's something that I noticed might be you know a weakness of mine. So this is stuff that I'm attacking right now. So like my workouts do not feel anything like an off season right now. You know what I mean? Like we're probably hard as shit. <laughs> yeah, Laura's been killing me with like volume, volume, volume work, and it's like she'll get you good there. Yeah. It'll be, you know, 80% and she wants you to hit it for like eights and yeah. it's like 80% of my wrapped max and she wants me to hit it in sleeves and it's like, you know, she's, she's not playing around. No, she's not. I've seen her programming and she's like everyone that she coaches. I love this about watching her lifters is everyone that she coaches when I watch them lift, I can see them and I'd be like, yeah, that's a strength athlete. That's mm -hmm. someone who is conditioned and good to go and healthy and smart yep. about jumps like I don't I seldom see Laura's lifters bomb out of meets or like do anything crazy or silly sorry <laughs> I, <forgot laughs> I know I know 
you know what? I bombed out of WPO semifinals in in the COVID classic. So listen, I always I, I always was making fun of people because I thought it was a gear, it was more of a multiply thing. Oh shit. <laughs> And I went to the I went to the American Pro and I was all pumped and it got the best of me. But, I bombed out a raw meat too. Did you? Yeah, I bombed out of Nashville. I flew all the way to Vegas and bombed out and I, oh yeah, it was bad. And then my whole team was there with me too, so yeah. I like be okay and like put on a happy face because they it's four days of lifting. Yeah. All right, this sucks. I'm gonna deal with it. And then I came back the next year and and crushed it so yeah. the year i bombed out of semi-finals at the wpo i was so pissed off i turned around and i was like where's dan day at?" because i was trying to get an xpc the next day yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that was me i was like all right sign me up for a meet like i was like it's either gonna make or break me like yeah but then i got the invite to ghost class so then i pulled out of two different meets that i was planning on and and I was like, you know, I just got to prep and get back on the biggest stage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ghost Clash is cool. I'm excited for that one. I'm excited to watch that one. Yeah, that should be awesome. They put on hell of live, like amazing live streams. Live streams have been insane lately with all, all the, um, like A1 Digital has done these crazy things. You just worked with them, right? At the, I, the Pro Raw. Yeah, I got a chance to see like the behind the scenes. And like, I know it's a lot of work. Like, that wasn't a secret, but really watching all that they do is amazing. And yeah. all their videographers are lifters, too. So they know those perfect shots. They know what people care about. They have all of the cameras, like the switchboard, and Anna's, like, directing it all. She's, like, this, I don't know, ship captain. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, they, they blew my mind spending time with them and seeing all they do. And then they go home after the meet's over, and they edit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right to Not it. over. Right to it, yeah. Before we continue, Jimmy wants to know, what do you get when you cross an owl with a bungee cord? Oh, God. I have no idea, Jimmy. I don't either. I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say or about this. Please tell me the answer. <laughs> um, Sorry, God. So, so overall, um, let's talk about raw first. We'll go raw and then we'll go multiply. Okay. He said my ass. <laughs> <laughs> knock knock uh, so the state of the sport in general how do you feel you know i like i like to talk to people about you know like the pros and cons almost like where where do you think the positives and where it's heading what do you think are the negatives and where it's heading on the raw side um it is heading in a much more professional direction these past few years. Mm -hmm. Like, in my opinion, Raw is killing it with the money meets, the level of production, the marketing, the advertising, the showcasing the lifters. The lifters are getting ridiculous. Like, the level and, like, caliber of lifter that are doing these meets, It like, I want to watch it. I want to be a spectator. I used to hate watching powerlifting meets. I had a great time watching that surge meet. <laughs> oh, I believe it. But um, the, the professionalism on the raw side and the production value of meets is, and the standards, like, all those high-level meets, the standards are very high and enforced, and I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um. As for drawbacks on the raw side, this is going to be the same as raw and equipped, I think. But I mean, the sport is splintered. Like there's so many, like if you go through open powerlifting, you can go compete in whatever 
half-ass fed that lets you squat high and you know does all these things and you're on the same list as those people and also like all the different equipment that is used you, like yeah. the first like there's no way we're going to get away from that because everyone wants to do their own thing and i applaud people for who like lift how you want to lift and where you want to lift like that's yeah. you got choices do that but it it does kind of take away from the legitimacy in my opinion when everyone's on the same list I understand that. Absolutely. Um, that's why I think, you know, some of the, the, the top federations, not that they should, com you know, th there's going to be no combining of federations, obviously. We, yeah. we, as much as people wanted it or called for it, there's more federations coming. Yeah. And that's just what, what it's going to be. But, um, you know, you almost wish there'd be an asterisk next to it. Like this was done at Ghost Clash versus this was done in someone's backyard you know what i mean yeah like you can pop it open and see the meat results or see like if you look at the individual but of course like on the rankings you can see what the federation is and the overall rankings and like sometimes if i'm filtering stuff and i see a certain fed i just pretend that that lifter's not there <laughs> <laughs> that's that might sound shitty but like i'm sorry yeah um <laughs> Now, and and that's, I kind of guess that's like the oversaturation of the sport, you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, like, I, again, going back to how I was talking to Chanel, there's an oversaturation of coaches, online coaches, you know, you see guys out there, I see it all the time with a 1200 pound total and one meat under their belt, and they want to, they're offering to coach lifters and they want 400 $500 a month from people. Yeah. And they I have no, they have no experience. They have no you know, yeah. All yeah. you need is Instagram now, and you can be a coach. Pretty much, pretty much. That's where I'm hoping that the community kind of comes together and like finds these people, or because like what's going to happen is someone's going to hire that coach with one meat under their belt, and maybe they're they're pretty good. Maybe that's a brand new lifter. Maybe they have some informate like schooling or certifications, and a lot of things will work for new lifters right off the bat. And they might have a little bit of success, but what I'm hoping is that that, that person's eventually going to figure it out and they're going to outgrow that person or vice versa. And they're going to want to ask around or if they pay any attention on social media, they're going to know. Cause it's not like myself and other like high level lifters and coaches don't also talk about this shit. Oh, of like, course. Like I think Dave Tate has an entire article of what you should look for in a coach. And those are like listed in there and he shares that quite often. Well, I think too, you know, what people don't understand is, is um, some people put <clears throat> yourself or, or, and this isn't a diss in any way or a slight, but like way high on a pedestal as if you're uh, like a pro basketball player and like, no. you're un like you're unreachable. No, I just lift weights. I, my sport is what all the other sports have to do for their sport. <laughs> So that, that's what I mean. So people think, you know, that we're unreachable or, you know, I've had people talk to me, for example, and say, you know, I, oh, I only thought you worked with like elite level lifters or high level lifters or, you know, <clears throat> you know anyone could reach out to Laura Phelps and, and you've never competed before and you can get trained by one of the best power lifters of all time. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? These, you know, everyone can be reached in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. So 
I think I think people and then some of it is an intimidation factor. You know what I mean? I, I, I've heard from people a million times. Well, like, oh, I, I thought I needed like a lesser coach or but lesser coach. You're going to get lesser results. And, and right. You know, like I'm not so, eat yet type of mentality. Well, exactly. Or if I want to compete, but I want to power lift. And I'm like, well, if you want powerlifting is competing. You know what I mean? Like. You, you can you can program somebody in a powerlifting style, but you're not a power lifter if you're not stepping on a platform. You know? Yep, I agree. So um, now let's go back to let's go over to multiply. Uh, and... Wait, what were the questions? What's going well about it, and what's what's not? Yeah, I was just I was just like the state of the sport right now. What do you think needs to change? <laughs> what do you think is going good for it? Where's it heading? So multiply, it's not, it doesn't grow as rapidly as raw. Like the, I'll start with the negative things on multiply first, because I don't know why it's just easier for me because they're on the top of my head because I've been thinking about them a lot lately. <laughs> um, the barrier to entry for multiply is just so high. Costs money. You can't, can't do it alone. Like it's, if you want to learn how to lift in equipment, like you need someone at least one other person who knows how to do it to help you. Yeah. Um, also, like, for whatever reason, and I, I haven't witnessed this, but I've had other people tell me this, and I hate it. There's just, like, a shitload of gatekeeping and multiply lifting. Like, like, this is our little thing, and we want to keep it, like, hardcore, gross, and grungy, and, like, you know, the the misfits type of stuff, which I agree with. I yep, love yep. that part of the, but like, if you want it to grow, you're going to have to start picking people out from that raw crowd to come over, which, well, which then. Why, why raw those, has grown. Yeah. Um, you know, you see a lot of these raw nerds now, these, you know, I, I call them the raw nerds, but they're, you know, scientists and, and, and they're you deep. Know, yeah. And, and they're picking apart the sport, but they're guys that you would look at, in a grocery store and never think. And then these, this person's pulling 900 pounds and it's like, yeah. they just figured out the technical aspects of the sport. And Can you imagine that brain power applied to equipped lifting though? Which is a more technical sport. Yeah. yeah. So that's why, this is the reason why I try and do my best to encourage people to try it. If they're at least like a little bit interested yep. and then like, there's so many benefits to it. Um, I don't know if you know Jess and Travis Rogers, but they, they recently started training equipment. I think Travis is doing his first equipped meet in November. Yep. And they're like really big raw lifters. They run USPA raw meets all the time. And just like having them come and try the sport out and realize like, oh my God, my joints actually feel okay. And how fun is it to lift way more than I normally lift raw and have that on your back? Like that's freaking fun. Okay. Like, I don't care who you ask. <laughs> oh, for sure. So like encouraging people who ever like even thought about it or wanted to, to jump in a pair of briefs to get in them. Like I'm always like my I joke, my toxic trait is thinking everyone can fit into my gear and I try and put it on them. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you'll fit in these. Yeah, try, try them on. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just like, and also, like, even if you wanted to try and go 
buy something. You know how hard it is to do that and to figure out your size and you've never even touched a pair. And oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. It's so expensive. It's so like that's why finding that group of people is so important because you'll just get hand-me-downs. I don't think I bought a pair a piece of equipment until I was at least like two years in. Yeah. That uh, is the cool that is the cool part about the sport. I mean, where yeah. I train at Hellbent is a predominantly geared gym. Yeah. And uh, you know, the second I said, Hey, let me try out briefs, four different guys were throwing me briefs. Like, here, 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 here. You know, these oh, let me try a shirt one day. Here, 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 here. You know what I mean? So it, it, you know, when you're around the people that are already heavy into the sport, um, there is a lot of camaraderie about it. But like you said, it is very, um, they they are trying to keep it more niche and, and you yeah. know, like you said, grungy and, and you know, that that's, but I do think it is coming back stronger now. I agree. I definitely agree. And like the raw side of the world or the powerlifting world, like if they've never met an equipped lifter or seen it in real life, all they know is what they see on the internet or like maybe what they watched in West Side versus the world. And like they'll see the live streams of the meets and they'll be like, they don't, they don't understand like, why are they squatting like that? Why are they benching super wide with like giant arch? And they like, they discredit it because they don't understand it. And it comes from ignorance, unfortunately. Well, I, I was guilty of myself. Yeah. And Most so I got around it and, and saw how, how technical it was. Mm -hmm. And then I put myself in it just messing around. I've, I've worn briefs now a couple weeks ago. I put on it for the first time a few weeks ago. And it's a different ball game. You know what I mean? Very, very small margin of error. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a different it's a different sport but it's a sport that needs to be respected and and, it, and i grew a huge respect for it you know training with these guys like chris delafav and, and mike skiba and those guys but, sure but then you know now that i've been in the gear myself my respect has you know doubled for it because mm -hmm. of how how the, comp the amount of pressure on you and the compression and the and just like i said that the technical aspect one wrong move you can't in raw, you can you can slip up and, and muscle out things. You know what I mean. In, in gear, you you if you go a centimeter the wrong direction, you're done. Oh yeah, you're eating bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, I I usually compare it, and this is something I heard from Anthony Oliveira a long time ago. Is raw lifting is high jump, equipped lifting is pole vault. They're both jumping sports. One of them uses something to jump higher, and it's harder to use. I like that. Like or yeah, yeah. NASCAR and Formula One, or my coach says, Marcus says all the time, he thinks equipped lifting is a lot more like Olympic weightlifting than it is raw powerlifting. And I agree with that with the technical aspect. Yeah, very technical. Yeah. So I think if more people just, I just want to put a, brief, a pair of briefs on every raw lifter just once, just. <laughs> Just once, like, uh, was it, uh, you know, Danny Grigsby is, Yep. he was out at unleashed one day and he was, you know, messing around and we put, we put one of my lace up suits on him to pull sumo in. And he was like, this is crazy. I'm like, I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and not like he's going to go be an equipped lifter, but like he had that on him. He got to see what it felt like. And he's, he's never talked shit about equipped lifting at all. Like Danny's an angel, Yeah. yeah. but like just one extra person to like 
I don't know, I don't want to say like, spread the gospel of equipped lifting, but one extra person that has perspective and has a little bit more knowledge in the raw side of things that can be like, actually, it's not that easy, or you can't just yeah. put it on and do what they do. Like, that's yeah. us. So, so let's go to the positive size now. Yeah, um, I, I do. It, it's getting bigger, um, especially on the women's side. Um, gear companies are getting better. Like the gear is just insane right now with right. how um, engineered it is. Uh, the band shirts are cool. There's a lot of interesting, like there, there's more money meets. Like, uh, what was it? Baddest Bencher gave out a bunch of money. Um, Rob Varel's meets, they, he does money meet invitationals. Does yep. meet, um, WPO's given money. So it, it is growing, just not as rapidly. And also, um, I think a lot of the the raw lifters who decided to put some gear on like Travis and Jess or Micah Marino. Like he was a geared lifter back in the day. He's got all kinds of totals and single and multiply, but he was a, a raw stud and still is. And then decided to jump back in gear again, kind of yeah. like spreading that like, Hey, it is pretty cool. Like you want to try it. Um, yeah. That's been, been helping us trend, um, trend to the positive with getting more people in the sport. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think it helps watching people like you and Micah and Travis, people that have done both both sides of the sport, yeah, um, and continue to to bounce back and forth. Is that something that you're going to continue to do? Uh, I think so. I, I definitely want to. I don't think I'll do it as rapidly as I have in the past. Like there was one year where I did the Kern and Raps, the WPO in Multiply, and then the Showdown in Sleeves. <laughs> Oh Jesus. And that was a rough year. Like it was fun. I want I set that goal out for myself. I was like, I want to do the three biggest power powerlifting meets in the world in the same year. That's awesome. And it was like it was rough, but we did it. I don't think I'll be doing that again. Um I, they'll be spread out quite a bit and I'll I'll probably spend a little more time in gear and then a little more time raw prepping for something. Cause my, my plan after the women's pro-am, I definitely want to do the American pro too. And those will probably, those will be my two meets for 2023, which gotcha. is not a lot for me. Usually I'll do three to four meets and maybe. Are you going to do the American pro in wraps or in sleeves? I think I'm going to do it in sleeves. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions I got off Instagram was what is there one that you prefer over the other personally, or what are your pros and cons as not as what we were just talking about, but for you personally, like, what do you like more about raw? What do you like more about multiply? What, when, and when is it right for you to choose like, Hey, I'm going to go raw for a while. Hey, I'm going to go in gear for a while. Yeah, I get this question a lot. Um, my question, like, if we talk just personally for what I like and my preferences and my tastes and, like, what, like, lights a fire under my ass, that's multiply lifting. Yep. Like, if I had, like, gun to my head, I had to choose one style of lifting, multiply is it. Um, and that is because of, it's just it's a giant brain teaser 
and there's so many variables and you can change things. It's like an engineer, like meathead engineer's dream is multi lifting. Like if I put four panels of strings in my suit, instead of three, I'll get an extra 20 pounds on my squat. Like just look stuff like that or like trying out different gear or trying out different like footing or even today we were messing around I was on the straight bar and we were talking about just like grip and like putting like let's try and put a pinky underneath let's maybe do a thumb over to make sure that the bar doesn't roll I just I love tinkering with lifts and there's Mm -hmm. way more to tinker with and multiply (laughs) how much tinkering is too much tinkering I don't I really don't know I mean if it's if it's helping you and you're okay and like you're you're successfully doing it I think too much tinkering comes to where you can't even like do the movement anymore and like figure out which ones work best exactly or maybe you just like go a few meets in a row not being able to touch in your bench shirt or not being able to hit depth or something like maybe it's time to go back to the drawing board and i i hate tight gear i like it a little looser but a lot of people have like two pairs of briefs on suit like gucciest crazy jacked bench shirt which is cool i wish i could do that without feeling claustrophobic um I think that's just personality, like person dependent, how much is too much. If you can't accomplish the lifts, then it's too much. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I want to talk a little bit about all the stuff you got going on outside of your lifting before the sport between like, I know you have the main event project. You have something coming up. Is it tomorrow, the press command? Yeah, tomorrow is the press command too, which I'm so freaking excited about. Um, if any of you guys that are up on the live want to buy tickets, it's at Kolb Strong Scholarship. And it's 11, like the best bench press, like female bench pressers in the world are on it. And um, all of that money goes to the Kolb Strong Scholarship and they give kids money to lift weights. It's really cool. So they've, they're, they just hit 8,000, which is insane. So they're going to be able to sponsor eight lifters in 2023. And then in talking all things bench press, we got a bunch of questions. Um, Like this, I don't think this, oh, Jimmy just at the Colt Strong Scholarship. Thanks, Jimmy. I'm going to pin that up top for everybody. I don't think this has ever happened where we've gotten this many elite female benchers in the same forum together, like ever. Yeah. It's going to be sick. I'm very excited for that. That's awesome. So now that's going to be that that's a, um, you have to pay for a ticket and then it was it going to be like a live zoom type thing. Yep. It's a zoom call. And then Jimmy and Katie are moderating it, asking questions. Um, they did it with the men not too long ago and that did really well. And it was like all the biggest ventures in the world. Like Jim was on there, of course, and Rich Putnam and um, I'm drawing a blank Calais, like, all of them yeah. so gotcha. i'm excited for fun so what else do you got anything going on with the main event project right now what do you guys got going on there i don't want to give anything away but um we are working with an artist i don't want to say who it is but it's someone in the community and 
Um, they are drawing up a really cool new design for a drop for us. Nice. And we're obviously we want to sponsor another lifter for the amateur day of the women's pro-am. We did that last year and I'm like so passionate about that meet. I think every female lifter should do the women's pro-am at least once in their life just because of the freaking energy in that room. And it's all just like badass chicks hitting huge weights and you're lifting with your friends. Um, so we want to sponsor another lifter for that. We sponsored several other like female only meets, which is really cool for the prize pot. And then we're raising money to put towards prize pots. And then also um, just continuing to, to look at different meets and say like, yeah, this is a good meet, like encourage people to do the meets that we know that women are going to be comfortable and happy and safe at. Nice. Nice. So something that we'll have to talk about, you know, after this, uh, Mike Skiba and I are looking into throwing a women's only push pull meet in Connecticut. Um, Cause Connecticut's never had a women's only meet. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So that's something that we're looking to do probably in like May or June of next year. So that's something I'll have to get with like you and Leah and everybody about, and see what we could come up with. That's right. Yeah, that sounds cool. That's uh, Hellbent, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So you guys got Jordan out there. Yep. She's so sick. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be so happy you said that. She's a big fan. <laughs> no, I love it. I was so excited that I saw the Hellbent shirts at the American Pro, and I'm like, yes, my equip lifting people are here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was that – was, uh, you know, like you said, how everyone traveled to Vegas for you and you bombed. That, that was me. And club. <laughs> I, I was I was the guy that brought 20 people to Virginia from Connecticut. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Hey, you guys got to go drink beer and eat food at the bar afterwards, I'm exactly. sure. Exactly. I didn't win the meet, but I won the bar, so we were all right. Hell yeah. <laughs> so um, I got a couple questions from IG people. Let's go. Um, how do you find the balance between active duty military and becoming and remaining an elite power lifter? I don't. It sucks. It's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> no. In all seriousness, I am so lucky because every chain of command that I've had in the military so far since I've started powerlifting has they've been so supportive and like I earn leave, so I use leave to go to meets and everything. And there's programs in the military that I can use to get free leave because I'm going. If I just wear like an Air Force shirt, there's like recruiting stuff I could do. Um, and like, it's just time management. It, it doesn't really have much to do with active duty military. It's just everyone, anyone most power lifters have jobs and families and all of that stuff. And I make it work just like all of those other people do. Gotcha. How, um, how supportive is, I, I don't know what you would call it, not your team, but like your base or your crew in the military, like how, how does that work? I mean, do they love watching what you do? And, and, and... yeah, um, I just got to a new job. So a lot of them don't, understand it quite yet they think it's olympic lifting which is fine i don't talk about it at work i don't feel the need to like it's if they ask i'll let them know but my last unit um they had like watch parties <laughs> so turn yeah, yeah. was on oh, shoot my light just went out um funny story my boss watched the kern the year that i did it 
And when I got back, he was like, hey, Amber, uh, I got a question for you. I'm like, yes, sir, what's up? And he's like, what, uh, what were you sniffing on the camera before you went out to lift? <laughs> and we were cool. So I was like, yeah, it was cocaine, sir. <laughs> and he was like, no, <laughs> like, no, I'm just kidding. It's not cocaine. Like, please don't call the cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ammonia. And I explained to him what ammonia was. And then when I left and went away, I actually got him one of the metal ammonia bottles engraved with our squadron seal on it. Oh, that's awesome. Gave it to him, and I was like, this is for you to hit before long staff meetings. And, like, <laughs> watched him do it, and they passed her, and everyone was just dying. It was hilarious. <laughs> so I just thought of a question randomly, but yeah. you, you said, you know, people don't understand it. But obviously, you know, people can look at you and tell you lift weights. You know what I mean? Do you ever get tired of going to a restaurant or a grocery store, and it's like, Oh, do you, what do you bench press or what do you, yeah, is, is, doesn't that get like, you know, cringy? Yeah. I mean, it's always cringy. Usually I'm, I just am, you know, try to be nice and play because you never know like who's talking to you or like maybe they did something back in the day or maybe they, they know a little bit, you know, you don't know what they know. And I always try to just be nice and play, even though I cringe a little on the inside. I'm just like, Oh, thank you. That's very kind. Like, yeah, yeah. yes, I lift weights. Uh, how much do you bench? I tell them how much I bench and they don't believe me. And I'm like, yeah, crazy. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> um, I'm going to leave with my groceries now. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, but it's okay. It's fine. So how is it um, following in your dad's footsteps? You talked about it a little bit, but obviously you said he's super supportive of everything. Yeah. Um, are you guys a little competitive amongst each other? Oh, I beat his ass. <laughs> yeah, I already took all of his numbers and his total. Oh, boy. Yeah. Is he watching right now, do you think? Is he going to chirp you? <laughs> my dad doesn't have, like, he barely has a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> and my stepmom might be on here. Who knows? But, uh, no, um, he, like, we'll go back and forth, and I'll I'll talk some shit to him every once in a while, because he'll still lift. He's got some shoulder issues and some knee issues right now, and that's kind of putting a damper on his lifting, but we've trained together. We've done, like, some sessions together, and I just, I love talking crap to him and being like, that's God, old man, like, come on. What, I thought you were back in the day. And that'll get him fired up, and then he'll do something he has no business doing, and then he'll get hurt, and then I'll feel bad, and then it's just, it never ends. Poor guy. <laughs> He's fine. So with, with like, um, I see you do a lot of skating still. Yeah. With that, does your coach ever, like, panic? <laughs> do not get hurt. Do not get hurt. No. Marcus is actually in the chat right now. He's talking shit. Oh, he just messed it. He's the dirty gym. And he's saying, uh, with reference to people talking about me and passing, like, what I look like at Ren Festival, some dude wanted to wrestle me real bad. And I was like, oh, no. No, thanks. People are ridiculous. But, yeah. No, like, he he's really good because from the beginning of when I started working with him till now, the focus has always been athletics first like you're an athlete who also power lifts so the fact that i like doing other stuff and like want to do some crossfit shit and like to do like highland games and roller skate like that's just 
yes, there's risk in that to get hurt from powerlifting, but there's risk in everything. I get in my car, I could get in a car accident. Like, of course, of course. I'm going to do what I enjoy doing and like, it's not going to be harmful. Like I know how to stay safe in it. I'm not throwing any tricks. I got no business throwing. So gotcha. he's. Well, uh, he just actually asked, how do you feel about sheds and do you follow your dad? God damn it, <laughs> Now you have to explain this. I have to explain this. My dad's going to kill me. So talking about my dad, like, you know, in life when just stuff just piles up on you and you've had enough and you got to do something like you're going to explode. This happened to my dad recently. And I don't know what the straw was that broke the camel's back, but he was at dinner sitting down with my stepmom and my brother. And my brother said something shitty to him. And he was like, that's enough. He got up from the table silently, went out in the backyard, grabbed a baseball bat and beat the shit out of the shed. <laughs> came back in, sat down at the table, continued eating, and they were both just like, okay, well, let's not talk to dad for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the shed story. <laughs> Bless so his you heart. you flushing your shed with a bat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of awesome, actually. Yeah, it's really funny, and I give him shit about it now. <laughs> So what, let me see what else I got. I got some ridiculous questions too. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you because I promised people I'd ask, but obviously um, someone asked, do you wear your skates in the bedroom for foreplay? <laughs> no, no, I do not. I'll, <laughs> I'll skate around the house and clean sometimes, but like, man, those things are clunky. I think they would just get in the way. They're heavy. So no, we don't do that. <laughs> Uh, someone asked, "Are you are you single and look?" Uh, I am not single, and I am not looking. There you go. She's <laughs> not single, not looking, gentlemen. Nope. Unless you're a dog, like a cute puppy, then I'm looking. Oh, it just says, "Hold on, I I'm gonna um, reset the live because it says we have one minute remaining." Oh, okay. Let me back out, and I'll add you right back in. Okay, cool. Hold on one sec. All right, we're back. We're back. Oh, my God. What the hell was going on? I was just button mashing. So was I. I was inviting and accepting your invite at the same time. Like, one of these is bound to work, please. We, we were probably just fucking up the whole system because <laughs> I was just pressing everything I could. Yeah, this is, this is not my forte, unfortunately. <laughs> but my shed is safe. We're good. Okay, good. I heard the part about the shed, so. I don't think you had enough time to go beat the shit out of it. Oh, not yet. Uh, where did we leave off? Um, skates is foreplay. Yes, you're not using your skates in the bedroom. No. You, do, you, you are not single, and you are not using your skates in the bedroom. Correct. That's where we left off. Yeah, very important topics. Yes, yes, yes. This is why we came for this. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to recap real quick. So... Um, Women's Pro-Am, your next appearance will be April. You're going to go 198 in gear, going for an all-time world record squat. That's yep. the goal. Yep. Now I'm going to have to look up this bench, too. I think we should go for the bench as well. All right. I'm down. All right. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> so before we wrap up, uh, I like to give everybody, like, open mic 
you know, whatever you want to do. If you want to shout some things out, I want you to, you know, obviously plug in all your little projects right now with, with Kolb Strong and the main event project and the press command. So just use this time, plug in what you got going on, anything you want to talk about, and then we'll give a little advice if you want to give like some open advice to people, and then we'll be out of here. All right. Um, so lots of shit going on. Uh, main event, event projects, always doing stuff. There is that link to donate is in the bio. We're going to be doing a drop of merch soon. So keep an eye on that. That's at main event project on Instagram. And then Kolb Strong Scholarship is over. That's at Kolb Strong Scholarship. Talked about that a little bit. Raising money for kids each year. Um, they're going to be able to sponsor at least eight lifters. They just set the goal to $10,000. They're at eight by the end of the year. So if you guys could go in at Cold Strong Scholarship and either donate or buy a ticket to the press command, which is tomorrow at three, all of the current world's biggest female benchers are going to be dropping knowledge. So it's going to be really fun with that. Um, and then I coach out of the dirty gym in Dayton, Ohio. And that's where I train. So I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. So if you guys are ever in Dayton, Ohio, or you need an online coach or anything, um, hit me up. You want to talk gear, you like need any advice with that stuff. Always, always down to help with that. And then finally, Anderson Powerlifting is my main sponsor. Uh, Ken Anderson and Kevin Pittman are just like godsends. They take such good care of me. And I'm just really grateful for them. So they sell all kinds of gear and equipment, belts, wrist wraps, knee wraps, sleeves, suits, shirts, everything. And they're the only distributor aside from Rob Terrell that sells the band shirts. So if you need a band shirt, you go to Anderson Powerlifting. Oh, and they just jumped in too. They just joined. Hey, what's they up? So everyone click the last person that just signed in right there. And there's her sponsor. Go buy some stuff. I got a, I got a discount code. I think it's 10% off Amber Alice 10. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Like I said, um, you were the most requested female power lifter I had for this. So I know a lot of my female clients and followers are looking forward to this. Some are watching now. I'll post, obviously I'm going to post these videos on my Instagram and then I'll also um, post the audio to Spotify but give some advice, anything you want to tell up and coming female power lifters or just up and coming power lifters in general, um, yeah. any, any advice you want to give, um, how to, how to get people going, how to keep them motivated, whatever you got to say. All right. Um, this is always a tough one. The one that I always come back to when I get asked this question is to take your time and enjoy the process a lot of people try and speed through so quickly and they want that instant gratification. But like the best parts of powerlifting, like at the end of the day, like, yeah, maybe some people might remember your numbers, but at the end of the day, people aren't really going to remember how good you were. Like they're going to remember like how good of a person you were and like how you made them feel and the relationships that you made along the way. So just like enjoy the process, be smart with training and just have fun while you're doing it. Like I see so many people in the gym that just look miserable and they're just like, eh, fuck powerlifting, blah, blah, blah. Like, why are you here? Go, go away. If you hate it so much, don't do it. Um, so enjoy the process, take your time, be patient and just like have fun. 
it's this is such a fun sport and it's such a weird niche sport and it's growing every day and to be part of that growth wherever you decide to jump in if you start tomorrow like you're part of that growth and it's really freaking cool absolutely and that goes back to what we said earlier in the podcast um you know giving back to the sport too you know what i mean mm -hmm. um that's what people are going to remember you more for at the end of the day you know what i mean it, yes, it's great. All the numbers I shouted out at the beginning of the podcast, number three all time in this and two all time in this. But, yeah, that's cool. But I love you. Would I, I, I'd assume you'd love to hear, you know, you're more remembered at the end of the day for the main event project and adding sure. weight classes to women's powerlifting and inspiring hundreds of female powerlifters, you know, that that's that's leaving your legacy rather than absolutely your, your soon to be number one all time squat. Yeah, I'll get messages and some of the, like the most impactful messages, like the ones that have me ball in in the middle of the night when I wake up and read them are like, hey, my little girl saw your lifting videos and this is her doing like dumbbell curls in the gym and like she wants to do a powerlifting meet. She wants to be big and strong. And I'm just like, God, that's so fucking cool. Like, that, I'm about to that, get choked up. Stop. <laughs> But yeah, like that's what it's all about. And and being able to be a part of like stuff like the Cold Strong Scholarship or sponsoring an amateur female lifter so that someone who otherwise couldn't have gotten to an incredible meet like that, we can get them there and they can have that experience is like, there's nothing like it. Like there's no PR or world record in the world that'll trump that for me. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, um, before I let you go, I want you to talk to... Leah, Allison, Tara. Um, let's try to get all of you guys on a podcast. Oh, it'll be chaos. It'll be so much fun. I know, but I think it would be fun. Yeah, I'm down. So so let's get that going. And then obviously I'd love to have you back on anytime. So if you ever feel like you want to just talk some shit, hit me up. Perfect. Um, it was a pleasure having you. Big fan. Thank you. This was a blast. Um, I'm looking I, at the ghost club. Well, yeah, I'll see you. I'll be at the Ghost Clash, and then I will be seeing you at the Pro-Am. I'll be handling some people out there. So, awesome. All right? All right, cool. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Later.